This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Well, I told you the other night or last Wednesday night and then get on Sunday morning, we're going to start digging into areas of faith again and oh my goodness, God has touched my heart in numerous ways here just preparing for this. So if you got your Bible, begin with me in the book of Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, and it's very important for every one of us that we understand how faith works. And then we learn to develop our faith. Uh, good scripture, Romans 10, 8 says that we are to preach the word of faith. We are to preach the word of faith. Now, if we were to go to Romans 10, you would get over, and that's one of the passages, Romans Actually, verses 6 through about 10 are really, really good, but it talks about salvation. And when we get born again, it says this right here, that you will believe in your heart and you'll confess with your mouth. And so those are the areas that faith begins to move in every one of our lives, that i got to get to a place in my life where I believe in my heart and I confess the things of God with my mouth. So in, in order for you or me to be saved according to the Bible... And, and the Lord told Nicodemus this in John 3. He said, Nick, you got to be born again. And Nicodemus said, how do you get born again? Do you, uh, you re-enter your mother's womb? And so he was looking at it as a physical rebirth, but Jesus was saying, no, it wasn't physical. And so the way I get born again, and when I talk about born again, it's when you ask Jesus to come into your heart and be Lord of your life. You believe in your heart that he's the Son of God. That he died on the cross for you. And then you confess it with your mouth. You say, Lord Jesus, I welcome you into my life. And so again, these are areas that our faith must be developed. Because even in in Romans 1, verse 17, it says, the just shall live by faith. We must learn to live by faith. So we start here. Hebrews 10, verse 22. Let us draw near... With a true heart or a sincere heart in full assurance of faith. Absolute confidence, absolute trust without doubting or without questioning God or his word. Now one of the ways that you can always find out if you're in faith or not. Do you begin to question the word of God? Or do you come with full assurance of faith and you say, Lord, I don't care what it looks like in the natural. I'm going to hold on to you. I'm going to come here just like you said in sincerity. And he says, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. Now, when we talk about a confession right here. A confession is the words that come out of our mouth. Whatever you're confessing, whatever you're affirming in your life, and and think about what he just said right here in verse 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our faith. In other words, don't ever let it go. Hold on to that confession without wavering. He goes on to end this verse and he says, For he who promised is faithful. So he's reassuring us right there that if I hold on to that faith, I hold on to it with my confidence and say, 
Man, I know God's going to do it. I know he's working on my behalf. You can hold fast to that because he who promised is faithful. Now, part of the issue becomes as human beings that every one of us have had human beings that have let us down. Oftentimes, people let you down, but not intentionally. But again, because of the way human beings let us down, oftentimes we have that thought, well, God promised this, but he may not be faithful to do it. No, he's faithful to do it. I just keep hanging on to it. I came on. And so one of the best things you do is you find scripture in your life that pertains to what you're going through right now. And you hold on to that. You begin to confess it out of your mouth and begin to speak it. Same chapter. Look with me in verse number 35. Therefore, do not cast away your confidence. Now, to me, this is a warning that he's telling us, don't cast away your confidence. So that must be a possibility. My confidence, again, is in an unchanging God. My confidence is is in a God who said, I never lie. I never change. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. So again, he's telling us, do not cast away your confidence. Why? It has great reward. And then in verse 36, he says, for you have need of endurance. Now that word endurance right there means constancy, a continuance, a steadfastness, the capacity to continue to bear up even under difficult circumstances. So he said, you have need of endurance. So that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. And so he begins to give us insight there that it's not always going to be a bed of roses. It's not always going to be easy. And that's why he's saying, have endurance. Just keep on. Keep on trusting me and keep on believing me. And you know, even in my life and many of your lives, you may have believed God for years and years and years and years and years. And just because it hasn't come come to pass yet doesn't mean it's not going to. Just keep hanging on to the things of God and believing and trusting God. Now, I want you to go to a book just back to your left. It's a little, little bitty one. Right after Hebrews, or right before Hebrews, I should say, is the book of Philemon or Philemon. Most of us don't even know that book's in there because it's one chapter. But man, this thing is loaded with some nuggets on faith. And I believe we can learn something from this passage right here. So we begin the book of Philemon, or Philemon, verse 3. Grace to you and peace from our God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. This is Paul writing to this guy named Philemon or Philemon. I thank my God making mention of you always in my prayers. So he said, every time I pray, I make mention of you. I tell you, you ought to count it a blessing when you have people that will pray for you like that. That every time they pray, they make mention. And you know what? There's a lot of us in this room that are here tonight because we had a praying mama. And everybody agreed with that, said, amen. A praying father, a praying uncle, a praying spouse. Now, I I can tell you, I I am the result of a praying mother. I will tell you that right now. (laughs) My mom still prays me. 
she gets after me half of the time, but the other half, she prays for me. And so me and my brother both are products of a mom who would never give up. And she held fast and she endured just what we just continued. And so I say that to many of us in here tonight. If you have family members that aren't serving God, don't, don't freak out. Just start praying. Just start releasing the kingdom of God. And again, don't be moved by what you hear or what you see. Just begin to trust God. And my mama did that, okay? Keep reading, verse 5. Hearing of your love and your faith which you have toward the Lord Jesus and toward all the saints. Now the New Living says it this way. I keep hearing about your faith in the Lord and your love for the people. The Amplified says, I hear about your loyal faith. I hear about your loyal faith. Now, the word loyal to me is a word that says, man, that, that, that is committed. That is someone that lives committed. I hear about your loyal faith. Verse 6. That the sharing of your faith may become effective. And so he said that by the sharing of your faith. And how would I share my faith? To share my faith, that means that that it's in some form of communication. I'm declaring or I'm speaking. And so he said because of what you're speaking out of your mouth. The sharing of your faith may become effective. Now, anytime that, that you study faith, the primary way that faith is released out of a human being's functions would be out of his mouth. That's the way salvation is revealed. I confess Jesus is Lord of my life. And so right here, he says that the sharing or the speaking of your faith may become effective. So what I begin to see out of this right here is if you want your faith to become effective, you've got to start sharing it. You've got to start speaking it. You've got to start saying it. Now, we can look at several illustrations here. In Genesis 1, Father God's faith became alive. And if you would go back, don't go there, just in your spare time. In Genesis 1, it will say on at least 10 different occasions... And God said. And God said. And God said. So in that passage, when God said, let there be light, there was light. So God spoke exactly as he wanted to receive it. So we see the very heart of God, and God said. and So if there was power in the words of God, what about in my words, what about in your words, Especially when we begin to speak or confess what God's word said. In Luke 17 verse 5. The disciples said to Jesus. They said Lord. Increase our faith. Increase our faith. And Jesus looked at him and said. If you had the faith of a mustard seed. You would say. So again. When they said increase our faith. What did Jesus say to him? If you had the faith of a mustard seed, you would say. So a couple things about a mustard seed. A mustard seed is one of the smallest seeds you'll ever see. But a mustard seed 
has the potential within it to grow. And so Jesus was saying, you want to have your faith take off? Begin to watch what you say out of your mouth. Begin to speak the things of God out of your mouth. Now, go with me to the book of Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. And this is a passage that, oh my goodness, I've had this. Excuse me, Mark chapter 11. I've had this put in me and put in me and put in me and put in me. Over and over and any time in my life that I sense my faith is diminishing. And that can happen. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when my faith is diminishing, it's a lack of getting the word in me or in you. And so this is one of the greatest passages you can go in. So start with me in Mark, 4, or Mark 11, verse 12. Now the next day, talking about Jesus here, when they'd come out from Bethany, he was hungry. And seen from afar, a fig tree from afar, having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. And in response... Jesus said to it. Now I want you to highlight that. Jesus said to it. Jesus spoke to an object here, okay? And he said, let no one eat from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. So get this picture. When Jesus sees this tree and there are no figs on it. He says, let there be no fruit on you ever again. And he said it loud enough. Where the disciples heard it. He didn't just whisper it. He said it loud enough. Same chapter, verse 20. Now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, our teacher, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. Now, when it used the word cursed there, Jesus didn't say, you blankety-blank tree, okay? He just spoke in a negative way toward that is what that's meaning. But in saying that, it shows us the power of his words. So Peter says this to him. And he said, it's withered away. And Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Now there's translations that say it this way. Have the God kind of faith. So they see all these things that Jesus said to this fig tree. And when Peter realizes that it happened exactly as Jesus spoke to it. Jesus uses the opportunity to teach them about the God kind of faith. So he's implying here it was the God kind of faith that caused this tree to wither. It wasn't because I got some supernatural touch. He's telling us. This is how the God kind of faith worked. So if we would go back and look at it, Jesus spoke to the tree, but he believed the very very words that he spoke to the tree. Verse 23. Have the God kind of faith. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain or this object, just as Jesus did, Be removed and be cast in the sea. 
And he does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Now, it's interesting right here that Jesus had showed him how the God kind of faith worked. And then he gets over very personal and he says, okay, fellas, you want to see how the God kind of faith works? Whoever will say into the mountain, be thou removed, be cast in the sea, and not doubt, but believe it's those things he says, he'll have whatever he says. So if we go back and we break that verse down, on three different times, he uses the word saith or says. So he's telling me something about faith begins to take place when I confess it out of my mouth, And I believe and I don't doubt in those words we say. Now, oftentimes when we begin to confess the word, we really don't believe it. I've been there where I've just started confessing the word and confessing the word. That's why it's very important at times in your life that you find things that are pertaining to what's going on in your life right now. You write those scriptures down and you get them on three by five cards and you get them on your dashboard you get them in your, on your mirror when you're getting ready to work. You put them in your wallet. You put them in your briefcase. And you begin to speak what God's word said. And you speak it out of your mouth loud enough where you can hear it. And before long, the word of God, according to Hebrews 4.12, it's alive. What's alive? The word of God is alive and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. So when I begin to speak the word of God, I'm getting the power and the liveness of the word of God on the inside of me. And the more I begin to speak it, the more that word begins to take root in you. That's why he said there in Hebrews, hold fast to the confidence of your faith. Do it with endurance. Just hang on to it, okay? Because many times when we start out, our faith is very shallow. But if you keep speaking the word, you keep speaking to the mountain, you keep saying to the mountain what God's word said, before long there's something down on the inside of you that begins to take root. And again, I can tell you, there were times in my life that these were just words in a book. They would be what the Bible calls the logos or the written. But if you want this word to come alive in your life, i got to get it over to the rhema, the spoken word. Begin to speak what the word of God says to you. And so, again, just areas in my life that I'd had hang-ups. Uh, and as a child, I would walk in my sleep constantly. I mean, I was all over the place. And it carried over into when I became an adult, even when I got married. And, man, I could write a book on the bizarre things that happened in my sleep. I mean, just crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. And so it really began to bother me. And so one day I had the bright idea and I said, I wonder what God's word says about my sleep. Well, you know what? It says a lot about your sleep. And so I begin to stand on Scripture, Psalm 127, 2. It says, He gives His beloved sweet and peaceful sleep. Well, who's His beloved? If you're born again, you're His beloved. He loves you. He's for you. And so I begin to say, well, Father God, if you promise sweet and peaceful sleep, 
then I'm just going to go ahead and receive it. So I begin to confess those. Psalms 4 and 8, uh, Proverbs 3.24, every one of them have to do with sleep. And so again and again and again and again, I would begin to speak that. I would begin to say that over my life. And I encourage you to find those ears. Begin to speak the word of God. And so many people would say, well, from the first time that you started speaking it over your life, did you start sleeping well? No, I didn't. You have need of endurance. Hold fast to the confidence, the assurance of your faith. So again, my faith is not based on me. My faith is based on the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So I'm speaking Psalms 127.2 out of my mouth and my ears are hearing it. And because my ears are hearing it, faith is growing in my heart. How do you know faith comes by hearing? That's Romans 10.17. i got to hear the Word and keep hearing it and keep hearing it. And you know what? I, I sleep wonderful now. There's times my wife will look at me and she say, you fall asleep faster than anybody I know. She said, you can fall asleep in 30 seconds, I think. And I said, you're right. If I get real still, I'm out. I'm out. But man, I sleep wonderful now. Now again, God's no respecter of persons. So Jesus right here, he said, start speaking what the word of God says to the mountain. And then we look at verse 24. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask, how do you ask? You got to speak what you ask. You got to, you know, again, God knows what we have need of before we ever ask. But again, we're told to ask. You know why? Because when I ask, I'm giving God permission to move in my life. How many of you go to your, your, your house and you uh, look at your wife and you just stare at her? And she says, I can't read your mind. What do you do? You ask if you can have a cookie. You ask if you can have a cup of whatever you got. And so again, I, at times we sit there and we think, well, God ought to know. Well, your wife should know too, but she doesn't. And so again, God is saying, whatever things you ask. So my asking is in my speaking. And look what he, he clarifies this with and says, therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, don't just ask. But believe that you receive that and you will have them. One of the greatest ways you can know that you can receive what you're asking for is if it lines up with the word of God. If it's in God's word, it's God's will. You want to know the will of God? It's the word of God. So you don't ever have to worry. Well, I don't know that God wants me to have sweet and peaceful sleep. Well, he said in his word that was the desire for him to do for. So again, I know it's his will. So Something happens when I begin to pray the, the Bible. I just get my heart and I get my mouth in line with it. Now, back to Philemon. Back to Philemon, where we were. So again, as you're turning there, Jesus connected words with the God kind of faith. That's what he did. He's beginning to say, man, you got to speak. So we go back all the way back to Philemon, verse number 6. That the sharing of your faith may become effective. That the communication of your faith. That the acknowledging of your faith would become effective. Now, in the Greek, the word communication or acknowledging is the word that literally means exercising or releasing your faith. So let's read it that way. That the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement 
or the communication or the exercising or the releasing of my faith. So he tells me right there, you want to release your faith? Confess it. Acknowledge it. Keep reading here. Acknowledge of every good thing which is in you. So my faith becomes energized anytime I confess the word of God. And if you'll note something in this passage, he says, he said, by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you. Notice he didn't say every bad thing, every evil thing, or every sad thing. He said every good thing, and look how he ends, that is in you in Christ Jesus. So to energize my faith, I begin to speak out of my mouth all the good things that are in me in Christ Jesus. Who I am in Christ. What I have in Christ. Who I am, what I am, all those things. What belongs to you and me in Christ. And so again, he gets over and he tells us right there that I've got to begin to share. I've got to begin to speak my faith when I do that. It energizes or releases it. And then over and over again, I, I say, I say out of my mouth, all the good things that are in me in Christ Jesus. Well, I can tell you good things. Revelations 12, 11 is a good one to get a hold of. He said, you overcome by the blood of the Lamb. You know what a good thing that's in me in Christ Jesus? I'm covered by the blood of the Lamb. He said, you overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony The confessing of your faith again. What's another good thing that's in me? Well, just right off the cuff. uh, Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. That's a good thing that's within me. He says in Galatians 3.13 that he's delivered me from the curse of the law. So I can walk in victory. I can walk in health. I can walk in blessing. A good one if you got hang-ups in your life is Colossians chapter 1 verse 13. He says, He delivered me out of the power of darkness. That's a good thing that's in me in Christ Jesus. So again, it becomes a habit within me where I start acknowledging all the good things that are in me in Christ Jesus. If you're born again and you're saved, you ought to say so. Thank you, Lord, I'm saved. I'm sanctified by the blood of Jesus. I've been justified by the blood of Jesus. That's, that's 2 Corinthians 5.21, that he's made me the righteousness of God in Christ. Uh, Psalms 107 says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. See, we ought to be confessing those good things all day. I thank you today, Lord, according to 1 Peter 2.24, I walk in divine health. By the stripes of Jesus, I'm whole. And so again... My faith is not energized by saying negative things. My faith is energized by saying the good things that are in me in Christ Jesus. And so Philemon tells us something right there. You want to start energizing your faith? Start boasting about the things of Jesus that's in you. I tell you, a good one to, to learn to quote is Deuteronomy 28. And it says stuff like this. I'm the head, not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I go over and not under. I'm blessed in the city and I'm blessed in the field. And so all you begin to do is you begin to confess over yourself what the Word of God says. All those good things in me that are from Christ Jesus. 
These things are powerful, but they do me no good until I begin to speak. I begin to speak the word. I begin to speak the word. Now, here, here's, here's the fault with every one of us in this room. James 1.19 says, be quick to hear and slow to speak. The reason he says that is most of the time, we start broadcasting all the junk that's in our life. So I like to say this to every one of us in here and challenge you. Let's just pretend that Jesus is in here tonight. Now this is really a stretch of an imagination, okay? But let's pretend I'm Jesus. Let's pretend, okay? And I look at Tommy and I say, Tommy, from this night forward, I'm going to grant you everything that you speak, to everything you say out of your mouth, exactly as you say it. Would that change the way you said things? See, this is how serious this becomes. And so again, it's very easy in a marriage covenant to say, man, my husband's stupid. He's, he's got a head of bricks. My wife, she never listens. She's, she's ugly as the devil herself. I'm just using illustrations, okay? You know what? It's the flu season here. And you mark my words. Everybody in my family is going to get it. You watch. I'll be the first one that will get it. See, again, out of, out of the, the abundance of the heart, that's Matthew 12, 34, the mouth speaketh. And so, again, think about those things. This may be a shocker to you, but the number one reason kids fail in life and in school is because the words their parents speak over them. You're stupid, just like your daddy. You'll never amount to anything. You're hard-headed. You never listen. You never pay attention. You're accident-prone. See, it's very easy to get over and think about what we read a minute ago with Philemon. We are to acknowledge and we are to speak the good things that are in us in Christ Jesus. So your homework assignment and you guys said, I didn't know we have homework. Yes, we have homework in here. As I begin to say, Father God, I ask you to help me. I ask you to grace my tongue where I put a guard over it. And I want to speak the things of God in my life. And I want to speak the things of God over my family. And I want to speak the things of God in, in, in my marriage. I want to speak the things of God over my workplace. Now, you've heard me say this before, that every one of us in this, this room, we've, we've had a tongue that's just a machine gun, where we just, bah, 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 bah. we don't even think what we say sometimes. Have you ever been there? I think, like, dang, that was stupid. Why did I say that? Dear Lord, that was stupid. And so many times in our life, the only way we get off the stupid street is we've got to have someone in our life that will hold us accountable. And what I mean to hold accountable. Where they can look at you and say. Don't say that stuff. And it doesn't hurt your feelings. Well I didn't mean it well. Cried. Why would you say it? So again. That happened with me and Shelly. For all those years. And I, I remember driving down the street. And man my mouth would begin to let go. I would begin to say everything. That was opposite the word of God. And she would look over at me and say. Is that what you're believing for? 
No. But why am I saying it? So again, Jesus himself, in Mark 11, he made it very, 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 very clear that whosoever will say unto the mountain, be thou removed, and not doubt in his heart, but believe those things he saith, he will have whatever he says. So that is our homework assignment to say, Lord, I want to speak the word. I want to acknowledge. I, I want my faith energized. And so understand this. To me, this is a foundational level. The quicker you get a hold of it, the better off you'll be. But I will tell you this. I got to stay with it. And I got to stay with it. And so I don't know how many times each year I go back to the fundamental teachings that brought me along in my life way back. It's been 35 years ago now, almost 36, that I begin to get this. Actually, I had Mark 11:23 and Mark 11:24 preached to me three times a week for an hour on every one of those settings. That was the only verse we ever went through. And I could, I could almost hear it in my sleep. And whosoever will say to the mountain, be there removed, be cast, see, not down his heart. Believe those things he'll say. He'll have whatever he says. And when you pray, believe those things that you, you know. And so again, that stuff begins to come out of you. And I've got to get that on the inside of me where I begin to think, you know what? Those are my foundational days. And I can never get away from those. I don't want to get away from those. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.